This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At the time of recording this podcast, the market is currently down, even though there was some okay reports, at least in my opinion, came coming from Microsoft, AT&T. But Wall Street's going to react in a way that they see things right now. But there are other news that are being talked about from yesterday and today. We wanted to record yesterday, but we were having some technical difficulties on our end. And so we'll cover some of the most important things that we wanted to be able to talk about in yesterday's podcast with some current events that are happening that Wall Street isn't really looking into as much. And if they are, it's for like a split second, but they're not thinking of the long term of what's going to happen, okay? Now, first off, things that we will talk about today is how the U.S. will be sending Abram tanks to Ukraine. And what does that mean for the company that actually makes these tanks currently right now? Okay, Microsoft also announced earnings yesterday, like we just said earlier, and uh, they're expecting a gloomy tech environment in the making. And what does that mean for the company going forward? We got some news from the New York Stock Exchange about the trading glitch. They are finally reporting on what happened yesterday. Why is anyone questioning why there was a glitch that happened yesterday? We got some news from Google, how we'll end today. The Google CEO is defending his job cuts that he has to do in the making. And there's also the DOJ lawsuit that's coming to Google. And what does that mean for Google going forward? So like I have to remind you all at the beginning of each podcast, I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about this podcast is for information, entertainment purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Please also note too that, like I said, I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. So you got to talk to your own professional advisor as they'd understand your financial situation a lot better than I would. Please also note too that in the case of this podcast, like everything I give is my opinion after reading these articles. And so you need to continue to do your own research because this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. So with that being said, let's begin today's podcast. U.S. will send Abram tanks to Ukraine ahead of expected Russia offensive. From Washington, CNBC, the Biden administration announced Wednesday it will equip Ukraine with the mighty M1A1 Abrams tank, a key reversal in the West effort to arm Kiev as it prepares for the fresh Russian offensive. The 31 M1A1 Abrams tanks, which amount to one Ukrainian tank battalion, will expand on the more than $26 billion the U.S. has already committed to Kiev fighting fight since Russia invaded nearly a year ago. The tanks won't have Ukrainians capacity to defend its territory and achieve its strategic objectives, Biden said from the Roosevelt Room of the White House. Delivering these tanks to the field is going to take time, time that we'll see and we'll use to make sure the Ukrainians are fully prepared, he added. Biden later added that that's what is that's what it's about, helping Ukraine defend and protect the Ukrainian land. It is not an offensive threat to Russia. The U.S. will also provide eight M88 recovery vehicles that support the M1A1 Abrams. The Biden administration will also send more than 500 armored vehicles of various types to bolster Ukraine's military. The U.S. plans to purchase the new M1s using funds from the Congressional-approved Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative. Good to know that more money is going there at the end of the day in, this, in the form of supplies right now. 
Continuing on, says it will take some time for the tanks to be delivered to Ukraine, as a senior Biden administration official said Wednesday. Quote, we're talking months as opposed to weeks, said the official who spoke on the condition of anonymity, ground rules set by the administration. Ah, that's interesting, too. Okay. Continuing on, it says the Pentagon has also tasked with providing the training, maintenance, and logistics supports for the M1A1 tanks, according to the official. Another U.S. official said that the training on how to use the tanks, which will take several months, will occur outside of Ukraine. The sudden U.S. about-face follows weeks of hesitation on whether to send the tanks. The administration mulled whether they would offer Ukraine an advantage because they take significant effort to maintain. The real challenge of giving the Ukraine's the M1A1 tank is that not fuel, but maintenance. Jeffrey Edmonds, a Russian military expert at nonprofit national security research group CNN, CNA told CNBC. Okay. So according to them later on, when you read this article, it says that there are parts for the M1A1 that are not the same to other tanks. And that's going to be a huge issue if the tanks have to be repaired and all that stuff. So we won't get into that much of details, but I will get into this though. Okay. It says the Kremlin slammed the potential weapons transfer on Tuesday and said it will not prevent Russia from reaching our goals. The Kremlin spokesman condemned the accepted U.S. announcing, saying, unfortunately, more weapons from NATO brings more suffering for the people in Ukraine. It also brings more attention to the continent, but it cannot prevent Russia from reaching our goals. He added, Russia ambassador to the U.S. said the tanks would be another blatant provocation against the Russian Federation. Quote, if a decision to transfer it to Kiev Kiev M1 Abrams is made. American tanks, without any doubt, will be destroyed, as all other samples of NATO military equipment, he said. Contentions are rising between Russia and NATO, and probably Russia and the United States in some way, shape, or form. But the companies that are going to be benefiting from this, I mean, it's just 31 tanks. It's not that big of a deal at the end of the day, if you think about it, is General Dynamics. General Dynamics makes the tank that we are sending over to Ukraine. Okay, It's not going to put a huge massive jump in their profits to have to make these tanks i guess at the end of the day i mean if the tanks are already made then that's a different story but general dynamics does make these tanks and so general dynamics is gonna have to make the parts as well don't be surprised if one of the packages is is when we send over our package or bills that we're sending over to ukraine if it includes sending parts for the m1a1 tank to ukraine so General, Dyn- General Dynamics is going to be have to make those spare parts to send over since the tanks that they're sending over are not compatible with other tank parts. So the war will continue. We will continue sending them over. But another company I do expect to do well, continuing to do well, and this isn't financial advice, obviously, is probably Lockheed Martin. Anything that has to do with defense right now, and if there's anything that has to do with Washington sending military equipment overseas, is going to continue to do well, potentially under this Biden administration. Okay, We still have, what, one year left before an election has to be made? Is it one year? I, I, I can't keep track anymore. But as long as... And, and think about this way, too. The war between Russia and Ukraine is either hitting its year mark or just recently past the year mark since the invasion began. One year. One year of fighting between these two countries. And we're sending a lot of money over. I wonder who's going to win at the end, what companies are going to win, what companies are going to continue securing contracts, and what companies are going to continue to grow in their profits in some way, shape, or form. Continue to keep an eye out for people, and that's where you know the money's potentially going to be going. So 
But continuing on with other news from the tech industry, it says Microsoft forecast suggests gloomy tech environment will continue. So this here from CNBC, Microsoft executives on Tuesday told analysis to expect a continuation of the weak pace of business that emerged in the December, which hurts the software makers' fiscal second quarter results. Quote, in our commercial business, we expected business trends that we saw at the end of December to continue into Q3, Amy Hood, Microsoft chief financial officer, said on a conference call. In particular, the company saw less growth than expected in Microsoft's 365 productivity software subscription, identity, and security services, and business-oriented window products. Growth in consumption of the company cloud computing services, Azuri, also slowed down, she said. The company sells products such as Xbox consoles and Surface PCs to consumers, but most of its revenue comes from commercial clients such as companies, schools, and governments. That's where the impact will show up. A metric dubbed Microsoft Cloud, including Azuri commercial subscriptions to Microsoft 365, commercial LinkedIn services, and Dynamics 365 enterprise software, now represents 51% in total sales. Large organizations are optimizing their spending on cloud services, a key area of growth for Microsoft CEO. The CEO said the behavior also out in the fiscal first quarter and in October, Amazon also talked about how it's been helping cloud customer optimize their cost. Okay. Now, I want to read back that one article, that one quote real quick about where most of Microsoft's revenue is coming from. They will show up in the Microsoft Cloud, including Azuri, commercial subscriptions to Microsoft 365, commercial LinkedIn services, and Dynamic 365 enterprise software that now represents 51% of total sales. Okay, That means if small businesses are not popping up, Microsoft is going to continue to get hammered. And if we are in this quote-unquote recession, then yes, Microsoft will continue to get hammered. What's interesting though, they mentioned LinkedIn services, which means, in my opinion, LinkedIn ads are not where they're making their money currently right now. It could be like in the LinkedIn classrooms. There are those things, I believe, where it's like people get like certificates of understanding things on LinkedIn. But that's where they're probably making their money right now. Okay. But there's nothing mentioned about Bing. Okay. Bing ads. Okay. That's an interesting one that we'll talk a little bit more later in this podcast when we talk about Google. But... Just keep that in, in your mind right now because we we, we got to move on to other things too to talk about. But it's just, it's extremely interesting that Google, not Google, Microsoft is reporting this and they're giving us an idea of where the tech industry might be heading this quarter. And just a theory right now, anything that has to do with cloud business, so like Amazon or IBM, they might actually do well this quarter. This isn't financial advice, Okay but they might actually do well this quarter in the making if the cloud business has been doing well for Microsoft, okay? Just food for thought right now. So, but we do got to get into this article and then we're going to finish today's podcast by talking about Google because the Google one's the big one I want to be able to talk about, okay? It says here, New York Stock Exchange says Tuesday, trading glitch due to manual error, okay? This year, the day after a major trading glitch on the New York Stock Exchange opened, the New York Stock Exchange has issued a statement on what happened. The root cause was determined to be a manual error involving the exchange disaster recovery configuration at the system start of day. They are all saying in plain words, it appears they tested a disaster recovery configuration that did not involve using the floor and it did not reset. That fits the fact that we, as we know them. Traders noted that both the designated market makers or DMMs and floor brokers appeared to have been frozen out of the order book that is used to build an opening print. No opening print was provided in dozens of big name companies. It was almost like trading opened without the participation of the floor. One observer who asked to remain anonymous told me. 
continuing on, it says, what we know is that dozens of stock opened at prices well above or below the prior day closing prices. Most were halted shortly after they opened under rules designed to dampen down excessive volatility, and most reopened five to 10 minutes after the open at price, much closer to Monday's closing price. Many orders to buy and sell stocks did not make it to the order book that determines the opening price and the opening auction print did not happen in those affected stocks. The announcement by the New York Stock Exchange late Tuesday that some trades that occurred right at the open would be busted, but others would not, adding to the confusion. Many are trying to figure out how much money they may have lost yesterday. I wish this would be investigated more. I do. Because I personally have a feeling, okay? Remember this. A year or two ago when the GameStop thing was happening, the stock was jumping up like crazy and they kept freezing trading with GameStop because there was so much money either being piled into GameStop or people selling, right? That they didn't want to cause a panic to GameStop at that time, okay? My personal opinion, I don't care that there was this investigation, but I'm questioning it, okay? I personally believe there was a lot of money being moved because it wasn't it wasn't moving for five minutes. Personal opinion, okay? Obviously not some conspiracy theory, but usually when stuff like this happens, there is a lot of money being moved and transferred in some way, shape, or form. Now, I don't know where the money went at the end of the day. Just food for thought. Because like I said, it's it's interesting when, when it was GameStop happening, they freeze it immediately and they're just like, oh, it's because there's too much volatility. But when this happens, they say like, oh, it's because of a manual error. I don't believe that. I just don't right now. I'm also a very, I'm also a person that doesn't believe in a lot of things, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to listen just to understand. And then the more information is presented, the better on, on some things. But with the market in particular, though, I just, I question this right now, the hardest right now than I've ever questioned in my life. I mean, it just seems a little suspicious that this happened yesterday. And it happened for five minutes and it only happened with the big name players too. That's what's, what's interesting about this as well, but we'll continue to keep an eye out and I hope there's more reports coming forward, but I'm, I'm questioning it a little bit, just a little bit. So, and like I said, I just think there's a lot of money being moved because like I said, when it happened with GameStop, they, they froze trading a lot. So, and, and, and their systems kicked in on that one. I know for sure. Continuing on, it says Google CEO defends job cuts and animated town hall as employees demand clarity on process. Days after Google announced the largest round of layoffs in the company's 25 history, executives defended the job cuts and took questions from a concerned workforce during a town hall meeting Monday. Google CEO Sonder Pachi led the company-wide meeting and told employees executives, we'll see their bonuses cut. He pleaded with staffers to remain motivated as Google faces heightening competition in areas like artificial intelligence, while also trying to explain why employees who lost their jobs were removed from the internal system without warning. Quote, I understand you are worried be- about what comes next for your work, Pachi said. Also, very sad for the loss of some real good colleagues across the company. For those of you outside the U.S., the delay is being able to make and communicate decisions about roles in your region in undoubtedly causing anxiety. CNBC listed to audio of the meeting, which followed the company's announcement Friday, that it's eliminating 12,000 jobs or roughly 6% of its full-time workforce. While employees had been bracing for potential layoff, they wanted answers regarding the criteria and the what and that was used to determine who would stay and who would go. Some of the laid-off staffers had long tenures and were recently promoted. 
Pachi opened Monday's town hall meeting acknowledging the Lunar New Year mass shooting in Southern California on Saturday night that killed 11 people and injured at least nine others. Quote, many of us are still grappling with the violence in L.A. over the weekend and the tragic loss in life, he said. I know more details are yet to come out, but it's definitely hit our aging American community in a deep way, especially during the moment of Lunar New Year, and we're all thinking of them. Continuing on, the article says, after moving the conversation to job cuts, Pachi offered some explanation for how he he and the executive team made their decisions. Pachi said he consulted with the founders and controlling shareholders, as well as the board of directors. Pachi said 2021 marked one of the strongest years we've ever had in the history of the company. With 41% revenue growth, Google increased headcount to match their expansion, and Pachi said the company was assuming growth would persist. In the contents, we have made a set decision that might have been right if the trends continued, he said. You have to remember, if the trend had continued, we would have not hired to keep pace, we would have fallen behind many areas of the company. Oh, correction, many areas as the company. Executives said 750 senior leaders were involved in the process, adding it took a few weeks to determine who would be laid off. We have over 30,000 managers at Google, and to consult with all of them would have made it this an open process where it would have taken additional weeks or even months to come to a decision. This is what I think it boils down to, because this is a common trend for all the tech companies right now. They went on the hiring spree because they honestly believe the workforce was shifting to online. And that's fine because that's what the trend was looking like during COVID. That's not very future forward thinking. Okay. I mean, it was at the time, but I, did anyone ever question like maybe people didn't want to stay at home all the time? I mean, no, for a fact, young people don't want to stay home. They want to go out all the time. And that's that's young people at the end of the day, right? But they weren't preparing for this. Or maybe they were. I mean, what's interesting is there's a viral video right now. At least I saw it on Instagram before recording this podcast of an employee at Google. I don't know if she was laid off, but she had mentioned how the, the, there was a letter sent to the CEO that said that the layoffs weren't enough or something like that from a major shareholder. And I don't know if that's going to come to light anytime soon. Probably won't because uh, that this, this news is potentially going to get buried real, real fast. And it's going to be tied into what I'm about ready to talk about next with Google. But people will forget about this. They will. And maybe Google's preparing for darker days ahead of themselves. And maybe that's why they're preparing for the job cuts. I mean, technically, there have been a lot of tech companies laying off people this year. Or not even this year. Last year, I mean, in 2022. But maybe this is what they're preparing for now, okay? It says, DOJ files second antitrust suit against Google seeks to break up its ad business, okay? It says here, the U.S. Justice Department on Tuesday filed its second antitrust lawsuit against Google in just over two years. It's the latest sign the U.S. government is not backing down from cases against tech companies, even the light of mixed record in court on antitrust suits. Google's shares were down 1.3% on Tuesday afternoon. The lawsuit which focuses on Google's online advertising business and seeks to make Google diverse divest parts of its business in the first against the company filed under the Biden administration. The department's earlier lawsuits filed in October 2020 under the Trump administration accused Google of using alleged monopoly power to cut off competition for internet search through exclusivary agreements. That case is expected to go to trial in September. Okay, so they're going to September for trial on this. That's an interesting thought. And it will be brought up again in September, but by the end of this week, this will be forgotten, okay? Continuing on, it says Google's advertising business generates $54.5 billion in the quarter ended September 30th from search, YouTube, Google network ads, and other advertising. 
Google also faces three other antitrust lawsuits from large groups of state attorney generals, including one focused on its advertising business led by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. The states of New York, Colorado, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, Tennessee, and Virginia joined the DOJ in the latest lawsuit. So that's eight states right now, okay? It says here, continuing on, it says Google's advertising business has drawn critics because the platform operated on multi-sides in the market, buying and selling an ad exchange, giving unique insight into the process and potential leverage. The company has long denied its dominance and online advertising marketing, pointing to the market share of competitors, including Meta's Facebook. My personal opinion, they should have pointed to Bing because Bing is technically the next competitor for them on Google search. Facebook is a social media company. And Google, I mean, they're on the internet, but they're not a social media platform. They're more of a search engine platform. They should have said rivals like Yahoo or rivals like Bing. That would have been better than Meta. Continuing on, it says, in their lawsuit, the Justice Department and the states argue that Google sought to control all sides of the market, realizing it could become the all, the be-all, end-all location for all ad servicing. Google would no longer have to compete on the metrics. It could simply set the rules of the game and exchange rivals, they allege. According to the complaint, even one of Google's own advertising executives questioned the wisdom of the company's broad ownership in the space. I, uh, correction, is there a deeper issue with us owning the platform, the exchange in a huge network? The executive alleged asking the analogy would be if Goldman or Citi owned the New York Stock Exchange. The harm of gold, Google's practices, they allege, is that website creators earn less and advertisers pay more than they would in a market where unfettered comp competitive pressures could discipline prices and lead to more innovation ad tech tools that would ultimately result in higher quality and lower cost transactions for market participations. As a result, they add more publishers are forced to turn to alternative models like subscriptions to fund their operations. Okay. We're going to end there with this and this is how we'll end today's podcast. Okay. I see a world in a few years where Google will be broken up in some way, shape or form. I do. Okay. And the only reason I say that is there was a book I read a few years ago and when I was studying up on social media trends because I wanted to keep sharp on what was happening with social media trends, especially during COVID, that I remember reading that it was like over 50% of ads were on Google and then like the next closest competitor was like Bing. And I think Bing was like at a 30%. I just can't remember how high it was for Google. I just remember being really, really high because they showed like the little bar graph and it was like, this is how much is Google? This is how much is Bing? This is as much as Yahoo? And it was like, everyone else was like less than 2% or something just from the search side of things, okay? Apparently you can search on Yahoo. Most people don't know that, but apparently you can. But I see a world where that's going to happen soon. Now, what they have to give up at the end of the day, I do not know. I mean, YouTube is a huge moneymaker for Google right now. But at the same time, I also am worried about this, okay? We reported on Monday's podcast that there was a lot of lobbying happening from Apple. Some of that lobbying also came from Google. Do not be surprised, and this is just my opinion, if Google's lobbying this year increases more. Okay. And that's what worries me is they'll, they'll probably lobby their way potentially out of this antitrust suit. Okay. And like I said, in September, we'll get a better idea of what's happening with Google, but do not be surprised if there's more lobbying. Okay. I personally would love it if there was a news reporter out there who actually would just focus their attention on this whole Google situation and the DOJ and in particular, the, per the person who does the research on this needs to study 
every dollar that goes into lobbying from Google to the DOJ, if it is the DOJ who gets the money from lobbying, right? Because that would give us an idea of where this lawsuit will go. In all honestly, it is something to think about, okay? But I do see a world soon where Google will be broken up. I do. I don't know what parts, like I've said at the end of the day, I just potentially see this happening. Maybe it won't be as bad as I'm thinking right now, or maybe it doesn't even happen at all. Because like I said, they will be lobbying. Don't be surprised. And maybe that's what Pachi's getting ready for. Maybe he's trying to get a ton of cash reserves up so that he can just be like, okay, we're going to court soon. We got to get ready for this. Don't know. I do know right now, I would not be surprised soon if you're watching like Mad Money anytime soon with Jim Cramer that he's going to, he's he might bring the CEO on and talk to him about things or he won't. It's hard to tell. But Google will be talked about a lot this year. And this antitrust will be one of the biggest things that will be talked about. But by this Friday, I expect it to disappear in the news networks. But as September gets closer, it will be talked about again a little bit more. Hopefully by then we'll keep recording these podcasts. We'll be able to keep talking about these events because I, I want to know how this ends. And this could be years and years down the road before there's a final conclusion with Google. But it's still extremely interesting to be able to look into at this time. So keep an eye out for that. So I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription helps grow this channel. So be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street or that Wall Street isn't talking about currently right now. And we are willing to talk about here on this channel. Please also continue to share with friends or family to my fellow podcast subscribers as you've helped grow this channel. So we'd be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street. And it's just good to get the news out there to people who don't always have time to look into the news of what's happening. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.